Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 this morning. This year we are celebrating 75 years. 75 years is a church fellowship. 75 years is a lighthouse in this community. 75 years as a testimony to the wonder of our God. And as we celebrate it, we do celebrate what God has done. Amen? But we also are committing ourselves to what God wants to do in our lives. The early church celebrated it, what God had, had done. In fact, Peter's message at Pentecost was that Christ died for our scriptures, for our sins, according to the scriptures. Then he was buried and he rose again, according to the scriptures. And then the foundation of the early church came into being with the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. And God added to the church those who were being saved. Now as they looked at their ministry, they discovered that there were foundational truths. And we find these truths in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. It's up here on the screen. Let's read it together, please. We'll start with the reference. We'll read the verse, and then we will finish with the reference. Ready? Here we go. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to breaking of bread and the prayers. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching core values, recognizing that God had given to them a foundation for the ministry to which he had called them. And that core value began with a commitment to the Word of God, the apostles' teaching. That was foundational. Solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Amen? And we want that foundation in our lives, and we as a church family need to be committed to that foundation of the Word of God. Now, last week we talked about this truth line the text. And we don't want to be below the truth line, nor do we want to be above the truth line. We want to be the truth line. Because it is that truth line that God has given to us that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we may be mature, growing in grace, truly furnished unto all good works. A commitment to the Word of God. And as we are committed to the Word of God, we will see some awesome things happening in our lives. Amen? It was the apostles' teaching that brought out this awe. As everyone around them looked at this body of believers and recognized that God was doing something in their midst. If we want people to see God doing something in our midst, we need to begin by being committed to the Word of God. Amen? But not only were they committed to the Word of God, they were also committed to others. Our relationship together in Christ. Now, as we look at this passage of Scripture, it says that they were devoted, committed, steadfastly held to the apostles' teaching. And then it says, if you have an ESV, the fellowship. Now, as you look at the original text in Greek, in some manuscripts, Scripts, there is not a definite article, but in other manuscripts, there is a definite article. I believe the definite 
article ought to be there because of the outcome. Are you in Acts chapter 2? Look at the outcome as we see in verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all, the proceeds to all, as any had need. That was the fellowship. That wasn't just cookies and Kool-Aid as they shared together. That wasn't just pizza and salad and dessert. As they gathered for an annual business meeting, that was not just an enjoying each other's company. That was a commitment to our relationship together, the family. I'm so thankful for my family. Here they are. Daughter, daughter, son. Somebody said, asked if Joshua was my son and says it looks a whole lot like me. Poor kid. But this, this is the family. This is the fellowship. Yesterday we got together. You ready for this? A one-year-old birthday party. Doesn't get any better than that. Smash, <laughs> smash cake and everything. But the family got together. And as we look at the core values of that early church, the core value was the family, the fellowship. The CBC family that we have here is our core value. Now last year we looked a lot at living stones, didn't we? And we saw a lot of family members. And we shared together in understanding that we're all part of the body of Christ. And we're all together to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's us. That's the family together worshiping and celebrating who God is. That's an exciting thing, isn't it? You don't look all that excited. I got up this morning. Very seldom does the alarm wake me up. And on Sunday mornings, I set my alarm just in case. And I set it for 6 o'clock. This morning at 5.30, I got up. And I was excited to get here this morning. I was looking forward to seeing everybody in the family. I was looking forward to being together in this place to worship our God, to share his truth, and to grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? That's family time. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to family time. Right? The fellowship, core values. Now, I think it's important for us to understand something about family this morning. And so I want to give you some principles that should flow from our lives as we get together as family. The first principle is this. We need to be faithful. Faithful to God and faithful to our family. I was reading a blog this past week, and the blog is entitled, Five Spiritual Dangers of Skipping Church. Let me give them to you. Danger number one, you'll miss God's design for spiritual growth. 
God has designed that his word impact our lives and that we grow together. We've talked about that already this morning, right? And as we gather together on Sunday morning, the focus is God's word in our lives. Did you see that today? Did you see that as we sang together? That's God's word in our lives. Did you see that as we were good stewards together? His ties, our offering. That's God's word in our lives. Did you see that during the announcements, our opportunity to serve together? Did you see that in the study of the word of God? This is spiritual growth, folks. And family ought to be faithful. Faithful to our God and faithful to each other. Number two, you disobey God when you skip church. Hebrews tells us that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as manner of some is. Greg Gilbert has said this, at the very least, therefore, we have to say that for every Christian, attendance at church gatherings is not optional. The author of Hebrews, and therefore the Holy Spirit himself, commands Christians to be present when the believers to whom he or she belongs gather. Hmm? Faithful. Number three, you make a statement. You show the world that God is not worthy of our worship when you stay home from church. And let me tell you something, your neighbors know when you stay home from church. Hmm? We spend all of our time in that which we truly value, right? And our worship together declares that our God is worthy of our worship. Amen? And as we attend and fellowship together, the fellowship called Calvary Baptist Church, we are making that declaration that God is worthy because we declare who he is. If you miss church in order to sleep in or to attend a sporting activity, what does this say about the worth you ascribe to God? Ouch. Number four, you don't minister to anybody. Too often, corporate worship seems to be all about having our own needs met. I like this, I don't like that. I enjoy this, that, not so much. But the reality is, as we gather together and fellowship we minister to each other. You know anybody in this room this morning who could use some prayer? Would you go up to that person following this service? Not now. And let them know that you're going to pray for them? That's ministering to each other. You know anybody in this service who's carrying a heavy load? Would you go up to them following the service and say, what can I do to help? That's ministering to one another. You know, buddy, in this service who's struggling with the stuff of life, would you let them know that you're struggling with stuff too? 
That's ministering to each other. And we do that corporately as we gather together. It's okay to put your arm around somebody and pray with them right where you are. And what a difference that makes. And lastly, you skip out on a foretaste of heaven. This is great. Did you enjoy that choir number this morning? Huh? Wasn't that great? A foretaste of heaven. Heaven is going to be wonderful, and we're all going to get to be there through Jesus Christ as we trust him as our personal Savior. Amen? So we'd better understand that our family down here is going to be our family up there, and we ought to be faithful. Faithful to each other and faithful to our God. Because it's all about who he is. The fellowship, the family, faithfulness to our God. But not only are families faithful, families are also articulate. Families talk. Families share. Families invest in each other's lives. You know it's sad when family members walk away and they don't say anything. It's tragic when family members conduct themselves in such a way that they distance themselves from other members of the family and there's no communication that takes place. That's not how God designed it to be. God designed that families talk and articulate and share in each other's lives. This may be a revelation to you, but did you know that there is no perfect person in this room today? Which means that it's very easy for any of us to offend anybody else. All right, how do you deal with that? You talk. In Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, if you go to the altar, and while you're there at the altar worshiping, you remember that a brother's got something against you, leave your gift at the altar, go and deal with your brother, talk to them, get it worked out, and then come back and worship. One reason that our worship is ineffective is because we're not dealing with our relationship issues. We say, well, they offended me. They ought to come to me. We'll get to that in a minute. But the reality is, Scripture says that if you know your brother, your sister, your family member has something against you, go to them. Gain a brother, sister, family member. Talk about it. Deal with, that's what families do. In Matthew 18, Jesus said this. If you've got ought against a brother, go to them. And deal with that issue. And if they don't hear you, take somebody with you. And if they don't hear you, take it to the church. That's how serious this is. What does that tell us? That tells us that in our family, it's always your turn to reconcile. 
a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to somebody. And I've been missing a family around here. And they said, well, they want to talk to you. And I'm thinking, I'm not hard to get a hold of. Now, the reality is, I need to get a hold of them. It's always my turn. Always my turn. And if we are going to be devoted to the family, we got to talk, folks. We got to talk. We have to articulate biblical truth in our lives. And that's so very, very important. Families also are about meeting needs. You meet needs. You saw the outcome, which we read here in Acts chapter 2, didn't you? Let me give it to you again, verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. As anyone had need. That's what families do. They meet people's needs. Whether it's a spiritual need or whether it's a social need or a physical need or emotional need, a psychological need, a cultural need, families meet people's needs. That's so very, very important. Jump over a couple of pages in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but had everything in common. Now why is that? Let's stop right there. Why is that? Is that because we all have more than we need? (laughs) Probably. But may I suggest something else to you? The reason that's true is because it all belongs to God. It's not ours anyway. And the reality of stewardship is fourfold. One, it all belongs to God. Two, God gives it all back to us to do with as we will. Three, we can either increase or decrease its value depending upon how we invest what God has given to us. And four, one day we're going to have to stand before God and give an account. That's that's meeting people's needs. That's recognizing that God has entrusted to us all that's necessary, not only for us, but for us to be able to minister to others and share in their lives. Verse 33, and with great power, The apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. And laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. Can you imagine what would happen 
as those outside our community observe what family members really do inside the community in meeting needs. That's what families do. <laughs> they meet needs, right? They share in each other's lives. Families also are interested in others, not themselves. Can I run more, one more rabbit trail, please? Philippians chapter 2, go there, will you? Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy, Paul says, by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not on his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, did you pick that up? Here it is in a nutshell. Act like Jesus act. Think like Jesus thought. Respond like Jesus did. Now, that's the whole Christian life, right? We talk about challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Christ. He that says he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as Jesus walked. 1 John chapter 2. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And what was that? Well, we find out what it was in verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also on the interests of others. That's what Jesus did. That's what family does. I told you that we went to a one-year-old birthday party yesterday. I want you to know I gave up my diet yesterday for coconut chocolate cake. That wasn't in my own interest. That was the interest of others. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Now I enjoyed that. In fact, we brought some home. But it's all about the interests of others, isn't it? It really is. Families love each other. 
families love each other. Sixteen times in the New Testament we are told to love one another. Jesus said it twice in John chapter 13. He said, serve one another, bear with one another in love, spur one another unto good works. We're to love one another. First John tells us that it is a reflection of our love for God as we love one another. No one's seen God, but you love God. And if you love God whom you've not seen, shouldn't we love one another who we do see? Love will not take time, but this afternoon read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the great love chapter. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, I'm simply a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. I'm simply making a lot of noise in my life. Love suffereth long and is kind. Love envy not. Love did not push itself ahead. Does not think of itself unseemingly. That's love. And you do that in a family. And in the family, you yourself are last. Right? You been there? Anybody who's ever been a parent understands this truth. You put yourself behind the needs of others. When I was a little kid in Sunday school, we learned a little acrostic. You've seen it, right? This has got to be a Baptist acrostic because all little kids in Baptist churches learn this, right? And you know what it is, right? Jesus, others, you. Right? That's the order. And that's the order of the family. Jesus, others, you. And so it's upreach, outreach, and then you get the inreach. Upreach, outreach, then in reach. I'd ask you to do that this morning, but somebody'd get hurt. <laughs> Core values. Core value family. And what does Acts two forty two tell us? Let's read the verse again together, right? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. You see, a commitment, a commitment that gives to us the Word of God. The apostles' teaching gives us an awesome life. But that core value of others, the fellowship, the family, makes us authentic in life. That's what makes it real. That's the rubber hitting the road. We can all sit here and say, yeah, the Word of God is the Word of God, and we're going to live it out, and we're going to preach it, and we're going to teach it, and we're going to do it. But let me tell you, the Word of God 
tells us how we are to respond and treat each other and relate as a family. And that early church was devoted to the fellowship, the family. And it was authentic in their lives. That's what made it real. I'm so thankful for our family, aren't you? Some of you have had an opportunity to have family personally invest in your life. If you've not had that opportunity, could I challenge you to do this? You find someone that you can personally invest in in their lives. And it doesn't get any better than that.